Does an influencer or online creator count as a real entrepreneur? Does somebody who makes a living off promoting brands on Instagram, posting, creating content on TikTok, do they really count? This is a conversation that I have seen floating around, particularly on TikTok, a lot. And it's kind of agitating me. So I'm going to dive into this topic today. And some of the comments that I have to say might surprise some of you. So stick around and absolutely DM me on Instagram after listening to this episode because I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen, a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. So for those of you who might be new to the podcast, I'm going to give a brief recap on my decade-long career on the internet to give you a little bit of context for this episode and this conversation around influences and entrepreneurship. Now, I probably might be a little bit biased because I did start out as an influencer and I kind of, I kind of like cringe when I say that word because I feel like there's this very negative belief or negative connotation that's been built around the word of the influencer. It's become something that people kind of look down on. And the first time I really experienced this actually was when I started working in my corporate job. And there was that conversation around like, oh my gosh, influencers, they're so cringe. or Oh my God, they're so self-obsessed. And I felt really awkward about it because I'd always considered myself a blogger. I started blogging in 2011, way back when I was 14 or 15 years old. I started a blog called Shop Style Conquer with my sister. A couple of years after that, it branched out to a YouTube channel and an Instagram page. And we naturally added all of these other platforms into the mix. But in 2011, blogging was not cool. And I always describe it as like you'd go to a bloggers event. We, we were a part of this thing called Bloggers Club here in Auckland. And then there was a Bloggers Brunch Club that we went to a few times as well. And it was always just a room full of really awkward introverted people who had made friends on the internet. And a lot of the time, people that were very similar to me and that they were introvert and they just, you know, maybe didn't have a huge amount of friends in their school and their university and their workplace. And we kind of just found this really nice you know, network and community and everyone was so supportive. It was so lovely, but there was no money in it, right? Back in 2011, there was no money in being a blogger. We did a couple of campaigns for some pretty major retailers here in New Zealand, like the Warehouse, Farmers. We did some stuff with Clinique and Estee Lauder. GHD, that was a real highlight. Like, pinch me. We did a Christmas Christmas campaign with GHD. But it was very, very hard to get these gigs. You really had to pitch yourself and sell yourself to these brands and sell your value because back then people weren't doing a lot of paid advertising on social media. A lot of companies weren't even running Facebook ads or Instagram ads at that stage. So it was very difficult to pitch yourself. And I remember doing like 
bundles of like three blog posts and a YouTube video for literally like 400 New Zealand dollars. Like it was nothing. And over time, as the industry has evolved and as people have realized the value of these online communities in terms of marketing, in terms of uh, getting a brand out there and increasing sales, like you see some incredible results with small businesses where a big influencer will give them a shout out and it sells out their stock. Like it can be completely game changing, which is so, so, so cool. But as the industry started to grow, I feel like we got a lot more people coming into the industry for the wrong reasons. We had a lot of people who just wanted to make money, who just wanted to get free makeup. Whereas in the beginning, that first wave of bloggers just wanted a space to talk about the products or things that they loved. We did a lot of fashion to begin with in our blog. And to be honest, we probably got swayed a little more into the beauty industry because of the amount of money in the beauty industry when it comes to marketing and advertising. It was easier to get paid deals in that kind of sector. But I will also say I was absolutely 110% obsessed with makeup. Like I had a whole drawer full of makeup. I would watch countless Get Ready With Me videos on YouTube. But it was interesting how the kind of the income could sway what you were posting and there are definitely some superstar influencers out there who are very integral to their brand, who are very picky and who they support and who they work with. But I can see how you can go down that slippery slope of getting paid to talk about products and just getting this, seeing the dollar signs and talking about anything. And I don't think a lot of influencers do this from a bad place. It's just a very fast paced and addictive industry to be part of. And being part of that industry was actually why I ended up in social media management. For us, our blog never really took off. And our YouTube channel, we actually had so much more fun just making videos in our own time on our own schedule. We had some very difficult brand partnerships, which my sister and I would have huge arguments over creating the videos. And it was just, it took all the fun out of it. So we kind of stepped away from that and we left the agency that we were with, this kind of like talent influencing agency. And I obviously went into my corporate job. I still kind of had my Instagram. I still had a few people giggling at what I was doing. And I kind of looked at my Instagram and was kind of like, okay, what could I do to utilize these skills, but actually create more of a consistent income and not have to have that same level of sacrifice in terms of working for brands that maybe were too controlling and controlling the, the content that I was creating and taking the fun out of it. And that was when I decided to start freelancing with social media management and actually making brands uh, Instagram pages look better and making content specifically for their own marketing. So stuff that wasn't going out on my own platforms. And as you guys know, <laughs> spoiler alert if you're new, I freaking loved it. <laughs> and here we are today still working as a social media strategist amongst other things. But that was a really long piece of context. I apologize for like my rambly story about myself. But <laughs> what I really wanted to get at here was illustrate to you how much the industry has changed and how I understand and have almost experienced it firsthand of how the industry can get a bad rap, how influencers can get a bad rap, how those scandals can kind of blow up, how people can get quite sensitive around how much money influencers make. Because let's be real, sometimes the figures that you hear are ridiculous, like people getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars 
just to put, you know, a few reels up, a few TikToks, maybe a YouTube video. It is insane money. And particularly on TikTok at the moment, I'm seeing this narrative of influencers don't deserve that or influencers don't work hard enough to be deserving of that level of income. And even on YouTube, actually, I think this might have been when I first added this kind of topic to my list of podcast ideas. There was a YouTuber who is an online entrepreneur. They do various like print on demand. They have a podcast, a media company, various different online businesses. And they posted a video as well saying that influencers aren't real entrepreneurs. Like they just post content and they don't actually have, you know, a solid business structure behind it. And it really hit a nerve with me because of probably the fact that people still will often refer to me as an influencer. I think there's some people who don't know quite what bucket I fit into because they're like, you have a social media agency, but you also have this personal brand and you also sell online courses and it gets a bit blurry for people. I personally refer to myself as a creator or as a social media strategist and online creator just because I feel like influencer just doesn't do it justice for all the things that I'm doing. But it also does kind of make me question this definition of an influencer. I know that typically it's defined as like a person with influence, right? Which is very broad, very broad. It's not specific to any niche or industry. So technically, if you look at that you you know that definition I would be an influencer I am someone with influence but I have influence in the niche of social media and marketing and e-education but I want to take a second to unpack what successful influencers do you see these stereotypical like comedy kind of parody tiktoks where they're like oh my gosh, I'm an influencer and I'm so stressed. I woke up at 10 a.m. I went to my Pilates class and I replied to one email. Like, oh my gosh. And of course, when you see see a TikTok like that, you're like, oh, these influencers, man, you know, especially for those of you who might work as a nurse and you maybe you're in the middle of a night shift and you see a TikTok like that. Of course, you're going to be like, these people do not deserve this. This is not entrepreneurship or this is not a real career. And it can be frustrating. But I would say that there's probably only like 10% of the industry of influencers of online creators who fall into that camp, who go to their 10 a.m. Pilates and, you know, create one reel and call it a day. Only a very small amount of people are like that. And I think when you step back, this is the same for any industry. Those of you that work in corporate jobs, I know from my own experience but also from my friends stories and the funny like common threads between like different friends and family members working in different industries and different companies you always have team members or people in the company who slack off right there's always that one guy who doesn't participate in the team or takes people's table takes other people's credit and kind of is coasting through Or you have people that you come across and you're like, oh my gosh, how did you become a manager in this department? Like you do nothing. You're just taking credit for other people's work or you're not even, you know, you don't even understand what's happening in your department. Like I'm sure there's some people nodding their head as they listen to this. Like, yeah, there's definitely some incompetent people that have somehow slipped through the ranks in the corporate world. So I like to apply that same sort of (laughs) structure or understanding of the influencer world. There is that small 10% who are coasting through, who are making big bucks, but 
I always comfort myself in thinking their long-term career is probably not going to go that well. You can't wing it for that long. <laughs> Just like someone in a corporate career, you can't wing it forever. You're not going to become a CEO of the company with an attitude like that. But let's come back to that other 90%. A lot of people may not want to admit it. And a lot of people might disagree with me listening to, listening to this. But they are entrepreneurs. The influences that are deep into their analytics and understanding content and how to create attractive content, engaging content, content that hits a nerve with their ideal audience, influencers who have the ability to grow rapidly on social media, influencers who then go and set up their own brand partnerships. I don't think people realize how difficult it can sometimes be to get some of those sponsorships. Like I see creators who have long-term, multi-month, multi-five-figure partnerships with brands. And I'm like, damn, that girl has hustled to get that, to be able to negotiate that, to be able to pitch yourself to that brand and hook them in for a longer-term contract. That is incredible. That is a huge business feat in my mind. If you are able to negotiate those kind of de- those kinds of deals, I think it is really impressive. And I take my business hat off to you. And I think a lot of people discredit entrepreneurs or sorry, influencers, because all they see is the end product of them maybe posing with a lipstick, but they don't see the behind the scenes of actually maybe that influencer was involved in the production of choosing that color for that specific lipstick and had this whole deep analysis on seasonal colors, what was trending with her followers. And it was a whole bunch of it, a deeper collaboration than what we think when we're just scrolling past on Instagram. And again, that's not true for everyone. Some people will have agencies. Some people are not involved in the negotiations. Some creators do not actually make the lipsticks themselves <laughs> or have are involved in the design process. But there are a huge portion who are. And I think what's really interesting is when you start seeing some of these influencers in conferences, seeing some of these influencers talk on podcasts and actually explain all of the thinking that goes in behind their content. It's when you start seeing the influencers who are actually behind the scenes at their desk 10 hours a day, either editing, either on meetings, either negotiating deals, brainstorming ideas, those people are doing incredible work and I feel like it is such a disservice to make a YouTube video or make a TikTok and slam them as not being an entrepreneur. These are people that have left the comfort of a cushy nine to five job or maybe they never even went down that path. Maybe they just took the whole risk straight off the bat to go out on their own. And I think anyone who is brave enough to be like, hey, I'm not going to depend on anyone else for my paycheck. I'm going to make it my own, whether that is through social media management, website design, graphic design, or brand partnerships and sponsorships. I take my hat off to those people because that is a brave AF decision to make. And I think a lot of people are sitting in the cheap seats right now, criticizing influencers saying, oh, they don't work, they don't work. And I would just like to flip that over to them and be like, hey, okay, you leave your job. You go all in on yourself. You rely on yourself for an income instead of that automatic biweekly or monthly paycheck that comes in from the company that you work for. Yes, 
everybody has different career paths, different industries with their ups and their downs and struggles. And I always say like my hat goes off to people like teachers, police officers, nurses, doctors who have incredibly difficult jobs. And I don't want to discredit that. But at the same time, I feel like it's a really stink conversation to have really. Uh, pointing at influencers and saying that they don't work hard enough. Again, so <laughs> it's a portion who probably are winging it and coasting through, but there are a huge portion who are real business owners. And I know Kim Kardashian isn't really an influencer, or, or maybe some people would cast her as an influencer. I guess she's, she's more, you know, celebrity level. But one of the recent episodes of the Kardashians, she went and did a, a speaking event at the Harvard Business School. And one of the pieces of feedback she was given on the show, like because they couldn't record the actual lecture, uh, they did like a little recording of her chatting to one of the professors afterwards. And the professor made this really interesting statement where he was like, I've seen your content on social media. I've seen you post videos for, for your work. And I've never seen you talk like this. The talk in the way that you just spoke in this lecture to these business students, I have never seen that Kim Kardashian before. And he openly said, he was like, you are one of the best CEOs and thought leaders who has come in and done a guest lecture for us. And we don't know if this guy was just saying it because the cameras are there and, you know, someone's trying to grease up to the Kardashians. From my perspective, it seemed pretty genuine. And I just thought it was such an interesting statement because that is exactly what I was saying before around influencers projecting this lifestyle and, you know, making it look easy on Instagram. But behind the scenes, they are serious businesswomen. They are very analytical in the decisions that they're making and the things that they're posting. And I think we're judging, you know, that's like that, anal anal what is it? What is the word I'm looking for? The analogy, analogy. Oh my gosh, I can't say it. The metaphor. Let's go with metaphor because that's a word that I can say. <laughs> You guys know the metaphor that I'm talking about with the iceberg. You have the top of the iceberg and it's all the things that you see. And then the picture shows like underneath the water, the iceberg is actually 10 times the size and there's all of these other things happening underneath. I feel like that really is the case with influencers. They portray or they show us this little slither of uh, their life and it's curated it's made to look aesthetic and again there's all of the reasons behind that and the way that they want to connect with their audience and project certain things and that in itself I think is an analytical business decision and then under the water what you don't see is all of the negotiations all of the thinking all of the other projects that they're working on and I think a lot of influencers get a lot of criticism for launching things like a skincare line, uh, especially those celebrity influencers. It's like, oh gosh, not again. Another person is launching this or another influencer has created a merch line. And once again, I think it's a case of someone who is considered to be an entrepreneur should be anyone that just takes the risk. A lot of people even have the same argument around freelancers, like are freelancers real entrepreneurs? Like, oh, I hate this like real entrepreneurs phrase. It just makes me mad. But the whole conversation around freelancers is similar. It's because it's like, oh, well, you don't have a real business. You don't have employees. You know, you're not, you don't have an office, rah, rah, rah. And I am of the perspective that as soon as you make that Instagram for your social media agency or, you know, freelance social media business. As soon as you book your first client, as soon as you start, I believe you are an entrepreneur. 
because you have taken the plunge. You have taken that chance on yourself. And I, I hate this, this kind of attitude that you have to earn entrepreneurship through like sacrifice and, you know, getting shareholders and building an office and all of these things. And then you're a real entrepreneur. Like, I just think it's BS. I think it's total BS. And if you're sitting here listening to today's episode, whether you're an online creator and uh, an influencer, a social media manager, a virtual assistant, I just want you to take away this message that if you have started, if you have just taken that first small step, you should consider yourself super brave. You should consider yourself braver than the majority and you should be proud to call yourself an entrepreneur. One of the most interesting things for me opening my studio recently for those of you who again knew I launched a second business called Mackenzie Studios and it is a space here in Auckland where I live that content creators and influencers and entrepreneurs can rent out and hire by the hour to shoot content and the studio is all set up with like furniture and props and really cool backdrops and it's really created for people who want lifestyle content rather than like a white walled studio it's got all of you know your cushions and your plants all of that good stuff in there but for me when I started that I caught myself thinking oh I feel like a real entrepreneur now when I opened that studio and I think it is just the introduction of the internet to the world of business and how much of a disruptor that has been that is now causing this conversation of what is real entrepreneurship. And I really felt that when I opened the studio because all of a sudden I went from having an online business where my overheads included my Canva subscription, my Premiere Pro subscription, my accounting software, right? Like if I strip back all of my expenses, if I wanted to, if my business was struggling, I could very easily strip back on all my contractors, all of my software subscriptions and come back to paying like a thousand dollars a month in expenses, right? At the moment I pay around 10,000 New Zealand dollars. So <laughs> we're far off from that. But the point is, is it, it's a low cost kind of setup business versus coming into my studio immediately, just like the snap of my fingers, we had invested $20,000 into it and we weren't even ready to open. And I was like, holy shiz, this is terrifying. And I suddenly had this completely newfound respect for anyone who had like a hair salon or a nail salon or a beauty salon or anything like that. These kind of smaller brick and mortar service-based businesses where they pay for a lease on a property and they have to pay for, you know, setting up the, all of the equipment for a hair salon and the sinks and the dryers and all of that kind of stuff. Because it made me realize how when you have these physical businesses, the reason why it felt like a real, quote, real business to me in those moments was because I hadn't experienced that same level of fear and investment with my online business. So I do, coming from that side now, I do understand that conversation. I have literally felt that like, oh my gosh, am I a real entrepreneur now? Even though as you will have just heard, I'm so passionate about like you are a real entrepreneur from the moment that you start. So I do understand that side, but it's very similar to the conversation that I had in a podcast episode a few months back now where I talked about sharing your income online. And the, the episode title, if you want to go listen to that, was literally called Sharing Your Income Online, Ew. And that was sparked again by the in intense conversations and debates that were happening on TikTok and Instagram 
around whether you should talk about your income online and the absolute slating of some creators saying like literally things like if you talk about your income online then you mustn't mustn't have been raised by very good parents like people going to that personal level which hit me because I was like oh no you did not just come for my parents like yes I talk about my income online because it's educational and I've been in a place where I've been super confused around what to charge or how much money I could make and I know that those people that were really open about their income were my number one inspirations and the number one people that I learn from so I want to help more people coming into the industry with that but oh no you did not just come for my parents right (laughs) and what I talked about in that episode was just how horrible social media can be sometimes with projecting your opinions to the extent that you were tearing down other people and what I hate the most is seeing other women tear other women down because we already have so many disadvantages there's already so much sexism in the world of entrepreneurship and business and now you're going to have women attacking each other and I just think that is so gross and a waste of our energy and this is one of those situations where I love I love a democracy I love everyone having their different opinions if you don't think an influencer is a real real entrepreneur, that's okay. Everybody is entitled to their opinions. But what's not okay is when we bring those conversations online and we are hateful and we are horrible and hurtful in the way that we speak about our opinions, that our opinions is the be all and end all and anyone that disagrees with us has been raised by terrible parents. <laughs> conversations like that, I think, are so dangerous. So whether you think an influencer or an online creator is a real entrepreneur or not I think that now that I've gotten all the way to the end of this episode is probably beside the point once again it's a conversation on letting everybody have their own opinions and experiences and not judging everyone so harshly in this world of social media I feel like I've gotten really deep and off track here but you can see that this was a topic that was once again just niggling at my brain a little bit that was getting on my nerves and I just I had to get this off my chest. So I hope this episode has either inspired you to be like, hell yeah, I am an entrepreneur. Screw what other people think. I believe in myself. Or I hope it was just interesting for those of you who may be looking to get into the world of influencing or online, being an online creator. Or perhaps it was just a nice piece of uh, conversational social media topic for you to listen to in your drive, in your car, wherever you're listening to, on the car, on your walk. I hope you have enjoyed. And please remember, if you are enjoying the Dishing Up Digital podcast, please leave us a nice comment or review on Apple or Spotify. You can also give us a five-star review. Apple, you can leave us a written review. This really helps getting the podcast out to more people, getting more people to see our content, connecting, spreading the word on all of these awesome topics and all of this transparency when it comes to running an online business on social media. So with that all out of the way, I'm going to call it a day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday with a brand new episode. Bye, guys.